one. Blog Talk Radio. Because who are they going to get to replace him that's immediately going to come in and do a better job? 
No, you're definitely right, and it's 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 just almost impossible to believe that just uh, just looking back in the last couple of weeks, again, a team that was nine and four at home, up twenty one against the Eagles in the fourth quarter, just crumbled, uh, gave up twenty eight points, and now three weeks later is just uh, looking on the outside, looking in, and not making the playoffs. It's just uh, for a team that had so much talent. Obviously, there was injuries along the way, but every team has injuries. DG, this team just didn't get the job done. You're absolutely right. The Giants have way too much talent, too many pro bowlers and uh, reserves to be sitting on the bench for the playoffs. Um, huge disappointment, like you said, eight minutes away from clinching the division. Instead, a couple weeks later, they're not even in the playoffs, which sounds a lot like my other favorite team, the New York Metropolitans. Unfortunately, <laughs> they both suck, and they love to collapse at the end of the year, and they have crazy managers. So, without controversy, obviously, like DG said, uh, ownership flown to Mara and uh, his ownership team has decided that they will keep Coughlin on, and they'll probably, you know, the Giants' way is not to let their coach coach with one year left on their contract, so they'll probably redo his contract in the next couple of weeks or maybe right after the, the Super Bowl, and they'll probably give him, what do you think, a two- to three-year contract? I wouldn't think anything more than two years, because then if the Giants do this again, they're going to have to get rid of Coughlin, and they're not going to want to pay him, you know, the the extra two years. So I would think that they'll redo a two-year, include next year and the following year. So if the if he goes out, you know, in a bout of misery like he did this year, then he's going to be out the door. Yep, agreed. Um, and you know, given the track record of Coughlin, except for the Super Bowl run in 2007, it's the pattern has been get off to a great start, and then just, you know, basically uh, the last two months, November, December, just collapse, except, again, for 2007. So um, I don't think the Giants should wait much longer. If the Giants have another season like they did this year where they, they start off hot again and just cool off at the end and not make the playoffs, I think Coughlin might lose his job after next year. I totally agree. Uh, as we've both said, we both believe it, folks. Pure gold lock, Coughlin, Phil Coughlin, as JB likes to call him, Tom Coughlin, as the rest of the world calls him, will be out after next year if the Giants repeat what they've done for the past three years. Now, we're also going to preview, now that the Giants season is pretty much over, the Giants clean out their locker room on Monday. There's not much else to talk about the Giants except when we do some hot stove throughout the year uh, before their season starts again. But, uh, DG, I know I didn't mention this on our rundown, but I just want to read you something, and I'm not sure that many fans know about this. That's why I want to inform fans. The, 2000, the 2011 playoffs are, are going to start this Saturday. And before we preview the games, I just want to read you these overtime rules that were changed in March of 2010. So basically, in the postseason, if the team wins the coin toss, scores a field goal in its first possession, the opposing team gets a possession to tie the score or win the game. If the team answers with a touchdown, the game is over. If the team gets a field goal to tie the score, then the next team to score wins the game. If the team that wins the overtime coin toss scores a touchdown on their first possession, then the game's over right there. So with all those kind of rules, DG, you think it's better or worse? Um, I actually would like to hear your take on it, but I would think that it's better simply because I hate the idea of, you know, three plays, uh, field goal, game over. In overtime, obviously you've played all this and it's extra minutes, you know, guys are beat up and, and whooped, but the fact of the matter is that I've never liked the way that the current overtime system is in the playoffs. Like I said, where you, you know, one and done, first team to score, field goal, wins it. You know, you get down to the 40, the 50, uh, excuse me, the, the 30, and that's it, game over. 
Um, but I like it personally. I think it's good. And I think it'll keep the games more exciting, and it'll also force the team that get, to get the ball first to go for a touchdown and win it all. What do you think, JB? I mean, my only argument with the, the, all this, like, you know, you could make these changes, but why would you not implement this during the regular season, and why would you all of a sudden have these rules for the, the postseason? So to me, that's some inconsistencies, and you're playing by different rules now that you're in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? I understand what you're saying. I think possibly Vince McMahon may have had a hand in this because it sounds like <laughs> WWE changed things randomly and when it's most convenient for you and no one else. All right. I mean, those are your uh, playoff rules again. Once again, if a team uh, does win the coin toss and scores a field goal, the other team does have a chance to come back. And either if they get a field goal, the game continues until the next team scores, or if the other team scores a touchdown, then the game's over. So we'll see how those rules play out as we start with Wild Card Weekend, which is this Saturday. Our first game is Saturday at 4.30. We have the NFC West champions, a 7-9 Seattle Seahawks, playing against the defending Super Bowl champions, New Orleans Saints at 4.30. DG, is it a disgrace that we have a 7-9 team in the playoffs? Sir, I think it is an absolute disgrace, especially the fact that my Giants went 10-6 and and did not make the playoffs, and you have a team at 7-9, a losing record. Pathetic scum, Seattle Seahawks. I think it's a disgrace. With that being said, I don't even see why. Uh, this should just be a forfeit, to be quite honest with you. I think that the Seahawks should go in there, hand in the towel, and walk out, and the game not even be played. What do you think, JB? I, I know that what you're saying, that's a disgrace, but unfortunately the, the NFL has not changed the rules in the last 40 years. And basically, if you win your division, you, you make the playoffs. So it doesn't matter if the Giants were 10-6. The Giants didn't win the, the, they didn't win their division. And the Seattle Seahawks did. So they actually host a game against the defending Super Bowl champion, the Saints. Um, although the Seattle Seahawks do play better at home, I don't see how they could beat the Saints in this game. I think the Saints, by getting the five seed this year, probably have an easy path to the NFC Championship game, believe it or not. I think they avoid the Packers till the end, and they don't have to worry about the, the Eagles either. So. Um, I definitely see that the Saints' role um, in this game, I, I, could, I could give you a score right now off the top of my head, 35-10, to 10, and it's not even a, a contest. I think this is a game that, you know, you basically turn on and watch it. If you're an NFL fan, you're going to, you know, you're going to watch the game, but it's going to be a blowout. So the real game will be that Saturday night, you know, which we'll preview on Thursday, which would be the Jets and Colts. The other I agree. game... I, I actually... Sorry, sir. I actually believe that the Saints will win 45 to 10, so I'm going to up you by 10. All right. And then the real game, the real NFC uh, wild card game, which is going to be really great to watch, I think personally, is the Packers and Eagles. Uh, Green Bay got into the playoffs last week, obviously by being the Bears 10 to 3, and now face an Eagle team that wasn't as hot three weeks ago. So, DG, I mean, give me your take on the Packers and Eagles. Uh, I was talking to my brother who is living in uh, Milwaukee well, right next door, and he hates the Packers, and he hates Brett Favre, who is no longer there, obviously. But, uh, you know, everybody out there loves the Packers, huge fans. Um, he's rooting for the Packers, which is odd, because he hates the Eagles, being a Giants fan. And uh, I, I honestly I think that uh, the Eagles are going to win this game. I really think that Vic is going to come out big. I think that he's going to uh, let the dogs loose. Oh, that was a bad pun, but I had to make it. <laughs> And I believe that he's going to come back. He has been playing so well for the past couple of weeks, and he's going to show everybody why he, you know, is the comeback player of the century. Uh, yeah, I think Vic will take it. I think that uh, you know the defense will pressure Rodgers and and you know force him into some picks. And I, I think as good as Rodgers is, I think he's an excellent quarterback. I say Eagles take this one in a, in a close game. 
JB? DG, couldn't disagree with you more, unfortunately, my friend. I think that the, the Packers <laughs> I think that the Packers did get into the playoffs on the last week. They are the six uh they are the six seed, but they're no six seed with their defense. I think that the defense has played well all year long. I think Aaron Rodgers will have a big game on Sunday. I could see it being a close game although because they are playing Philadelphia. I'm gonna go twenty seven twenty four Packers and look out for the Packers to make a big run in the playoffs this year, folks. Um, the Eagles, I think they had a great year, and I'm sure DG, as a Giant fan, you're not, you're actually rooting for the Packers, right? Um, actually, no, I'm rooting for the uh, for the Harlem Globetrotters in this one. I honestly don't care about anything. The only team that I'm rooting for, uh, unfortunately, which goes against you, would be the Colts. I'm a huge Peyton Manning fan. I love his commercials. The guy's awesome. Um, I don't care who wins this game. Uh, I honestly. But I do believe that the Eagles will win, so I'm picking against you. Uh, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. All right, folks, there you have it. Folks, we have uh, me and DG basically picking the Saints on the first playoff wild card of the NFC. And then the second game, I'm going to go with the Packers, and DG will go with the Eagles. Before we turn it over to sports entertainment, I just want to give out some nuggets tonight. In the Sugar Bowl, basically Ohio State is crushing Arkansas at the half 28-10. to 10. The Miami Heat continue to roll along. They uh, have won, I, th- I believe, 19 out of 20 in the regular season. Uh, most of us think that the regular season doesn't mean much, but the Miami Heat are on fire currently. The Knicks, your Knicks, DG, they beat the Spurs tonight. Do you know that? And, and, yes, and I did, MSG? actually. All right. I did. I was, was, I was listening to that, and the Knicks did a great job beating the you know now 29-5 and five San Antonio Spurs. San Antonio Huge win for the Knicks. Yep. Big win for the Knicks. I think they're, they're starting to establish their home court and they're starting to win at home, which is big. And now the Spurs go up to Boston, my town, uh, tomorrow night. So it'll be interesting to see the Spurs against the Celtics tomorrow night. One of the Agreed. One other, uh, big game right there. Yeah. One other NBA nugget. I thought this was funny. Tell me what you think, DG. Phil Jackson, a couple nights ago, uh, the Lakers lost to the Grizzlies at home by double digits. And basically, Phil Jackson's quote was basically we were playing a good game until Kobe decided to play one-on-five and go against the triangle offense that we've always played. <laughs> so he, he basically called out Kobe Bryant and said that, you know, we were fine until Kobe decided to play one-on-five. <laughs> I love that. that. I love quotes like that. I, I think it's great. I think Phil is my favorite coach ever just for that one comment. Um, honestly, I love a little controversy as a sports fan. I hate – the Derek Jeter bland blah bourgeois comments that he normally makes, other than his whole contract negotiation thing this year. But gotta love it, JB. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't stand Phil Jackson. I can't stand Kobe Bryant. So, any controversy between the two, hopefully, there's some friction there. And you know, obviously, hopefully, they're not on the same page throughout the year, and they don't, you know, they don't make it to the finals. But if they do, I know the Celtics are going to beat them. One other nugget that I have before I turn it over to you, DG, about some sports entertainment is that Adrian Beltre turned down a $10 million option, one-year option with the Red Sox, and now he's looking to sign a six-year deal with the Rangers. I don't I don't know what the Rangers are thinking, DG, with this one. Well, I know he had a great season. Uh, he had a great season last year, and he was a huge boon for the, for the Red Sox. Beltre has been awesome. It would have been great to have him on the Red Sox team, uh, you know, offensively, because I had covered that in one of my articles. It would be awesome to see, but unfortunately, he he's decided not to go back to Boston. Um, the Rangers are, you know, need offense, which is good. But uh, we'll see what happens. 
six years, DG? I mean, really? Adrian hey, Beltre, six years? Come on. Six years? It's, it's out of control. I mean, it, it really is out of control. Um, I mean, he's 31, so he's not he's not old per se. Six years is a long time. But last year he did, you know, hit 28 homers, 102 ribbies, hit 321 in a Boston offense, which is good. The year before, you know, injured, but he's been consistently in, hitting 20-plus homers and mid-20s and close to 100 RBIs. Uh, six years is way too much, I agree, but he he's definitely going to make an a, a impact in the Rangers' offense, and it'll give him some right-handed power as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the uh, how much the money is, but good God, six years, no thank you if I'm the GM of the Texas Rangers. I don't know what they're thinking. But, D.G., Raw was on last night. What do you think? I think it was uh, an interesting show from many perspectives. The first thing that I want to talk about, this is my our main nugget, as it were, when it comes to Raw, there was an amazing slobber-knocking, slugfest, knockdown, drag-it-out, Pier 6 brawl between John Morrison and the WWE Champion The Miz. Great match. JB, not sure if you had a chance to watch it, but this is why we are wrestling fans. It was it was pay-per-view worthy. It was main event worthy. My huge problem with this, and as many of you know if you listen, um, we're pretty negative when it comes to the WWE, so let me start getting all that out first, how great it was, how it was an amazing match. Tons of near falls, loved it, absolutely loved everything about it. Uh, John Morrison reminds me, not of a young HBK, as many predict, but as an RVD with more talent. And what I mean is, when Morrison hits offensive maneuvers, other than his finisher, they look convincing. When he throws a punch, he doesn't look like a girl. When he hits his, his kicks and his moves, it looked like they hurt, unlike RVD, who you know we're big fans of on this show. But... Uh, that being aside, why, JB, can you tell me, why in the blue heck was this the first match of the night? I could understand wanting to get off Raw 2011 first show with a huge match, but why the hell was this the first match of the night on Monday Night Raw? JB, you, you got to answer this for me. I'm going nuts. Before I do answer that, can, I, I, can't think of, I can't think of the guy's name off the top of my head, but what's the bodyguard of the Miz's name? Uh, the What's man's name? name is Bodyguard. You want to call him Bodyguard? You mean Alex Riley? Alex Riley, that's his name. I, the, the, this this match was a good match, but if if you watched it live like I did last night, Alex Riley basically was allowed to interfere in the match for the first ten minutes of this match. I, I, I don't know I don't know if that was in the rule book or not, but that to me took away from the match itself, and it took away from Marcus. Well, you realize it's a false count anywhere, no DQ match, so he could inter- interfere the entire match. But it plays up the fact that the Miz is not a strong, uh, you know, Undertaker type, let's say when he was heel, or Batista is somebody who can really dominate. Miz is not that character. So I can understand why it took away from the match for you because you wanted some one-on-one action. But in terms of his personality, you have to admit that it plays in perfectly with who the Miz is and his reign as champion thus far. No, it definitely does. And to me, it was a great match, and I agree with you, DJ. And you know what makes a great match for me? A great match for me is basically when the one opponent basically does a finishing move on the other opponent, and then the opponent kicks out. I mean, a la, like, yeah. you know, WrestleMania, where Stone Cold kicked out of, like, a couple of rock bombs, and, and you know, The Rock kicked out of a couple of Stone Cold stunners. So that's what yeah, made the match yeah, for yeah. me was there, uh, there was a lot of close falls. Um, but yeah, I yeah, think absolutely. I think you hit on it, though, DG. I think that they put this match on first because there was, um, you know, there was a big uh, dispute at the end of all, which we'll get to, but I think they want to open up with a great wrestling match for 2011 and start off on the right foot. I agree, JB, but my problem is 
you know, we talked about this off the air. Morrison was on a pay-per-view, in a pay-per-view match against King Sheamus to get the number one contendership. A pay-per-view, folks. Then he goes two weeks later on Raw and gets his title shot? What is that? Why would you put them on the pay-per-view for the number one contendership, which, again, as I stated last last week when we covered this, uh, the WWE has, never does that. JB, why was this on Raw? Why isn't this the Royal Rumble? Explain that to me. Well, they obviously don't see John Morrison as a big buy for this pay-per-view that's come up. They're one of their big four pay-per-views, they don't see John Morrison able to carry a match against the Miz on pay-per-view. Yeah, but you know what? If you you use this match to whet the proverbial appetite for the people, I mean, you can't tell me that you wouldn't want those two go at it again. That was an excellent match in a PG environment with some brutality, with some good moves. Like you said, near falls, interference. I mean, this match had everything, absolutely everything. The crowd was hot for it. This should have been the main event of Raw, and then this should have led to a pay-per-view rematch and give Morrison another title shot. These two prove that they can count. This match was pay-per-view caliber, JB. This was main event uh, Royal Rumble caliber. This was that good. But unfortunately, they decided to go give Randy Orton another flipping number one contender shot. I don't understand that. You're going to have these two fools, Miz and Orton, go two months in a row uh, two straight pay-per-views, main eventing. Why? Can you explain that to me? Why is Morrison... Why can't the WWE decide, you know what, we're going to put this guy, we're going to leave him as the main event? Explain that to me. Yeah, that's a good question. Why is Randy Orton uh, once again, you know, rematching The Miz, and why isn't Morrison in this main event at the Royal Rumble? I I don't know what the love affair for Randy Orton is. I think me, you, and maybe one other gentleman that writes for Online online Onslaught, (laughs) The Rick, really hates Randy Orton. I think everyone else loves the guy. So are we in some bizarre world, or are we wrong? I mean, I don't get it sometimes. I really don't. Don't forget Pyro Falcon, who also writes an online onslaught. Honestly, I just don't get it, JB. Um, If if worst-case scenario, make it a triple threat, leave Morrison in there. But he won a number one contendership at a pay-per-view, and I can't harp on that enough. Orton is main eventing again, which I don't want to see. You don't want to see. Maybe other people do. But the fact is that that match was, was so good last night that it, it should have led to another match at the pay-per-view. And what I see, what I get out of this is, and I was thinking about this today, I believe that WWE intended to put them at the pay-per-view main eventing, and they decided to change their minds and then just make it on Raw. Because, first of all, title matches hardly ever happen on Raw anymore. And second of all, when have you ever seen the title match, the WWE title match, open up Raw? I don't think that has ever happened in the history of the WWE. I could be wrong, but I really don't think so. You're, you're, I actually, I'd have to think about that one, but you're probably right, DG. And uh, the only good thing I must say is that there's no chance in hell, I'm going to steal a quote from Vince McMahon, there's no chance in hell, folks, that Randy Orton beats The Miz at the Royal Rumble. So that's, I think that's a good thing, don't you think, DG? He doesn't take the title back. I agree, but with that being said, he'll probably get the title twice at the pay-per-view because that's what WWE loves to do. Um, I just, you know, we, I could talk about this for half an hour. I honestly could. I'm just so frustrated with this direction. You know, the WWE can't keep putting Cena and Orton and the same guys in the main events all the time because it gets tiresome. It gets boring. They need to spice it up. Yeah, Miz is champion. Yeah, this was an awesome match. And, yes, uh, Morrison is, is slowly making his way to the main event, but, man, that was such a good match, you know, and it really took away. Then to have the main event, you know, which will we'll segue into that, you had a punk who is now officially the leader of Nexus because he screwed Wade Barrett 
at the uh, the, la- the final match, and I get wanting to set up the number one contendership, but they already had a number one contender. Why did that have to end Raw so Randy Orton could win again? Come on, that, this just makes me sick. It really does. How many times is this fool gonna main event a pay per view? Seriously. Well, another thing that um, you know doesn't go over well with the fans, and we've talked about this at length uh, off the air, is that when two heels fight each other, the crowd reaction is just. It's not there, you know what I'm saying? Like so, they had Punk, you know, basically turn on Barrett, and now uh, Punk is the new leader of Nexus. But like, what, you know, what's the point of having two heels fight it out and the fans don't give no reaction? It's true because they were both ragging on the fans, especially Barrett who came back. I honestly think this is going to lead to Wade Barrett going to SmackDown. I don't see what purpose he serves. I mean, I like Barrett, but I don't see what purpose he serves on Raw anymore. Send him to SmackDown, freshen the you know main event up, scene up on SmackDown. It's got to be seen as a slight demotion for Barrett, but he's not. Uh, he's never won a title. He's not a champion. You know nothing to that effect. He's not a three-time, four-time champ like Punk, for example. But uh, it freshens up Nexus. It freshens up the whole Cena thing when John comes back, probably next week, off of injury, his whole hip thing. But I, I, I mean, I like that whole dynamic. But I agree with you. That the fans really don't get into it. Guys like you and I may get into it because we're, we're fans of, of certain wrestlers, but the typical fan really is just booze of both, and heel versus heel never works. It just it really doesn't, JB. I, I think that if you listen to our show last Thursday, DG, you will hear that I did say that what happens to Way Barrett? Does he leave and go to SmackDown? And it looks like that's where they're headed. I mean, because he's got no role now on Raw. I mean, I don't think he goes face and ends up staying on Raw. I think he's just going to end up on SmackDown. Yeah, Barry can't go face, not at this point in his career. He's just one of those guys that has been nothing but a heel since the minute he entered uh, the WWE, and you can't turn him face. The crowd won't get behind him. They won't care about him. Um, It's not even like like, uh, Sheamus, who has shown in his interaction with Santino and Kozlov a bit of a funny side, and eventually I could see him going face. I could see The Miz uh, being awesome as a face at some point in his career. But Barrett, at this point, he, he's got to stay heel, and the only choice is SmackDown, unless they drag this out for one more week and maybe Cena's in a match with somebody next week if he's healthy and Barrett interferes, and then he goes to SmackDown. But I really can't see Wade doing much of anything else, JB. Is there any news on, on John Cena? I mean, they obviously said that with a question mark. They said John Cena returns next Monday. I mean, is there any news about that injury? No, nothing. Uh, nothing that I've heard. Um, the only other, you know, note that um, that I know of is that Awesome Kong, who is a monster uh, female knockout in uh, not a typical knockout, but in TNA, she is signed with the WWE, and that's interesting because she's not the pretty skinny blonde brunette that the, you know diva type modeling type that the WWE usually goes after. So that's an interesting signing from my perspective, because she's a monster and she really could dominate uh, the Divas division and run roughshod over everybody. So I, I thought that was a bit of an interesting signing, JB. Yeah, I mean, other than that, I don't think Raw, other than those two big angles, you know, the first match and the main event, I don't think Raw was that great of a show, obviously. I mean, the match was great in the fir- the first match and the, the last match was okay. And you had, you know, obviously Punk turn on way better and, and somehow that man turd of a of a wrestler named Randy Orton is the number one contender again. So we'll see where they go with that, folks. Uh, DG, you got any nuggets for us? Yes, I have one final note before we close out the show. 
Folks, we're going to have Kevin Knight. This is our uh, our big uh, interview that's going to be the week of the Royal Rumble, the 25th of January, that Tuesday. Kevin Knight of the Independent Wrestling Federation, which is located in West Patterson or Woodland Park, New Jersey. He's the founder of it. He uh, He's going to be joining us, folks. He's going to be giving us a take on the WWE TNA, and we're going to be uh, promoting his IWF, uh, you know, his... Uh, his promotion, you know, we've been there. Joe and I have both gone uh, to events, and we're actually planning on going to the February event for JB's birthday. Um, they have good quality family entertainment. It's going to be good. It's going to be interesting. They've had Hall of Famers like the Honky Tonk Man and and uh, Tito Santana, you know, the whole Hall of Fame type guys. Um, you know, even JBL, John Bradshaw Layfield has been there. Kevin Knight has been on SmackDown a couple of times. He's been on Raw. And he also trained Darren Young of Nexus, who was a former world champ over there, uh, uh, Fred Bonecrusher Sampson, and Rob Echos, who is Robbie E. of TNA, among many other athletes that, that they've trained over at the IWF uh, training facility. It's going to be a huge, huge night. It's going to be big for us. You know, we're excited to have Kevin joining us. So we're going to be promoting this in the weeks to come, folks. Anything on that, JB, before we close out? No, I just think that's a great thing that you did for us uh, off the air. You were able to lock him up. And Kevin Knight, you know, he does have some ties to WWE, and obviously we're big WWE fans, even though the product hasn't been that great lately. But we're happy to have Kevin Knight on. We are going to attend a couple of his uh, shows in the upcoming months, and we'll be able to bring you back some reports, obviously, from the shows. And hopefully, you know, you know, who knows, PG? We might have Kevin Knight as a regular spot once a month, if he's willing to. I mean, that'd be great, don't you think? I agree. That definitely would be great, folks. And with that, we need to wrap it up one more time. Our contact information, call number 714-364-4721, puregoldpg at yahoo.com for email, puregoldpg at Twitter, puregoldpg is our YouTube channel, puregoldpg at Facebook, and check out our articles on sportsrages.com. Folks, it's that time again. Remember to tune in Thursday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for our next show. For JB, this is DG of Pure Gold reminding you to always keep it PG. Good night, folks. Woo! Ready? Get ready. Take my house to the mansion.